0: Been in a glass case of emotion, Brian. I
1: can't, I can't handle it. The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Lightrock Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station.
2: Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. game show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty and Tim Dittman.
1: First and ten, Western Kentucky at their own 29. Snap back to White. Pocket closes. Being chased. Being chased again. And down he goes, Bobby Roundtree. Oh, he was running for his life back there, and Roundtree just kept pursuing and pursuing and threw him down back around the 15-yard line.
3: Kind of the story of the night is young freshman on the defensive end of Illinois stepping up in a big way to help the Illini to a 20 7 victory over Western Kentucky. The Illini are 2 and 0. Welcome into the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. You heard Gene tell us the numbers. BNC Bank phone line. 356 9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351 5357. An impressive performance by Illinois defense. So let's start there. We're starting to talk about names that were hardly familiar to us at all about four or five weeks ago. We start with Isaiah Gay.
4: Yeah, Isaiah Gay had a phenomenal game tonight. I don't have his exact numbers in front of me. In fact, I can get them for you right here in just a moment. He had uh, just a couple of tackles officially on the sheet, uh, including one tackle for loss, but he just seemed to come up and make big plays when the I needed him to make big plays. Uh, we heard Bobby Roundtree in that highlight uh, a minute ago. I thought he, as well as Jamal Milan and uh, Dele Harding, really stepped up when Trey uh, Watson had to leave the game due to that targeting call. Which you know maybe some of the callers want to talk about that uh, and that particular rule a little bit later in the program. But Roundtree had the forced fumble. Jamal Milan had the fumble recovery, and Dele Harding coming in at linebacker to relieve Watson and keep. Keep in mind, too, with the you know Lovey Smith so-called Tampa 2 defense, that linebacking core. I mean, Brian Barnhart said it so many times on the broadcast tonight. They're really the quarterbacks of the defense, depending on how they read the offense, can drop down into the box, which they did a lot of tonight, or they can drop back and help the defensive backs out. So they really have to be on their toes 24-7. And I thought uh, Trey Watson, when he was in the game, did a great job. Harding, when he came in to replace Watson, did a great job. And uh, Julian Jones did a great job as well.
3: On the text line, reaction coming in. Brian in
4: Nebraska, haven't heard from you
3: in a while. Brian, good to hear from you. Brian says, nice win, couple of observations, and a question. And this could be up your alley here, Tim. Kendrick Foster just really looks a step slow. Wonder if it's conditioning or maybe confidence getting supplanted by Epstein. It was a hard game to watch due to the number of penalties. That's true. I could hear them playing WWE music in the stadium when I was watching on TV. Do they usually do that
4: I can confirm that as a yes the head man for fighting Illini productions which is the video service for Illini athletics his name is Daryl Miles he like me is a big WWE fan and you know you may kind of turn up your nose when you hear that but go on YouTube and listen to some of those songs I mean they are good stadium music they'll pump you up so I'm all for it and you hear them from time to time
3: here on our show that's right All courtesy of you. Uh, As the issue of Kendrick Foster, here's what we do know. Uh, Garrick McGee mentioned at the Alina Quarterback Club this week that Kendrick Foster is dealing with an illness in his family and said his focus is a bit divided, understandably so. I don't know how much that is translating into the lack of production on the field or not. I agree to my eye, he looks a step slower, like there may be something but we have not been told anything and it's obviously not keeping him out of ball games. It just doesn't seem like he has quite the explosiveness that was there last season.
4: And I don't think this is going to turn into a Keyshawn Vaughn situation where he drops to third or fourth on the depth chart and ultimately is never heard from again. Uh, because quite frankly, no disrespect to the other running backs on this Illini squad. I mean, it's really Kendrick Foster and Mike Epstein, and then I think there's a big drop off uh, to the guys who are healthy now. Now, I'm not counting Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown because they're you know out. Uh, but you know, Ravon Bonner, he did a good job tonight, but I don't think he's going to be your workhorse. So I th- I think it's at least on the ground going to continue to be a one-two punch of Epstein and Kendrick Foster. I just think right now Epstein is is having a great start to the season. He had a great camp he really emerged in camp and i think he's making the most of his opportunity on the pnc bank phone line we find jim in rockford hey jim hey guys how are you doing
3: well thanks for staying up what are you thinking
0: well i'll tell you i know it's only two games in but if you would have told me the defense would be miles ahead of the offense i would have thought you were crazy i am in the same
3: boat as you i don't know if that's crazy
0: yeah well you might be (laughs) but to the point of it it's been a it's been a nice thing to see, and I, I just hope to goodness that whatever in the world that this, they're trying to do on offense, they get corrected because it's, it's almost to a point where you want to see the defense on the field. It's just that bad. But I'll tell you, it, it, the victory was great. The defense played great. I would just love, I would love to be able to go one year, just one year, without having to complain about officials. And, and again, tonight was about as bad as it gets. They sucked. <laughs>
3: They, at the last, uh, somebody said to me, the last one minute, and uh, it was Lauren said to me, the last one minute, he just goes, the last 121 was really interesting referring to the end of the second quarter. And I yeah. said it felt like an hour and 21 minutes
0: because well, it was just it, flag after flag. Guys, I'll tell you, on the interception return for a touchdown, granted we didn't need any flag to be thrown, but watch the replay. And I can't remember who it was for Illinois making the bull rush up the middle. Three sets of eyes on him getting pulled down. It should have been a hold would have been a safety if the ball wouldn't have been picked for a touchdown and that one ref throws the flag. it's those little subtle things you just got to watch to see. You just can't believe it happens.
3: And I you know, I think last week Ball State was probably complaining about the officials, feeling like nothing was going their way and maybe they were getting uh, the the uh getting penalized for being an opponent in a Big 10 stadium, you know, in an an early non-conference game, but this week it feel, felt like things were more against the align. I, You know, the big one is obviously the Trey Watson targeting call, which as far as I understand and could see, the call was air quotes right in terms of how the rule is written and should be interpreted. But the fact that Trey Watson had to leave the game as the punishment, uh, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. What do you think?
0: Well, and that's to the point of it. It, it, it is the call. You know, at first blush, I was livid about it. But from a rules interpretation standpoint, yeah, I guess he's got to be thrown. But, but again, in, in the spontaneity and the split-second nature of those plays, what's he supposed to do?
4: I agree 100%. I think yeah. he, you, you certainly have to protect the, the guy's heads at all costs. But, I mean, you're going full bore at a receiver. I mean, what are you supposed to do, stop on a dime?
5: Yeah.
0: Well, and that's just it. And if he, if he does decide not to lay the wood and he gets away, well, then what's the penalty? He gives up a touchdown. Maybe it would have been worth getting thrown out of the game.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, thanks for calling, Jim. I appreciate it. it. If I'm if I'm the coaching staff, and I know I'm not for a lot of good reasons, but if I have the chance to talk to Trey Watson, I say, hey, try to change the technique a little mm-hmm. bit. But That's about all you can do. I have no problem with how you approach that play.
4: It wasn't – I, I didn't get a great look at it, uh, but – to my, in my vantage point, it didn't look like an egregious helmet to helmet. It no. was maybe half helmet, half shoulder. So why can't they be
3: a, just a fifteen yard penalty? And you know, and, no. and that be a deterrent enough. So, if you can look, and, and then you get into the gray area of was there intent or not. But right. you do it in basketball with flagrants one and two, right? So why can't you go to the replay if you have and say, well, it looks like this guy was just. Making you know, a
4: play on the receiver yeah, or something.
3: But that was that was just a bang-bang thing.
4: I mean, silver lining is it did happen in the first half, so he does not have to sit out the first half of next game. He just had to sit out this game. If it, if the ejection would have happened in the second half tonight, he would have had to have sat out the first half of the South Florida game. So a silver lining.
3: Benny says, congrats to Lovey Smith on being 2-0, and, oh, and I am in disbelief about my Buckeyes. Good timing, Benny, because we're going to go to the scoreboard. Brought to us by Body and Soul, Sports Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. And Tim Dittman has an update on what happened in Columbus and many other things.
4: All right, we will get to Columbus in a moment, but we start with the Hawks series this morning in Ames. Stanley looks that way, throws, it is caught. Touchdown! Touchdown, Iowa! Game over!
1: Iowa wins in overtime!
4: That is Gary Dolphin from Learfield, Iowa beats Iowa State 41, or beg your pardon, 44 to 41 in overtime in the Cyhawks series. Other finals today from the Big Ten, as Scott alluded to, Oklahoma gets by Ohio State at the Shoe in a battle of top five teams, 31 to 16 is that final Boomer Sooner they get the victory there. Penn State gets by Pitt. 33 to 14 Michigan beat Cincinnati 36 to 14 Wisconsin over Florida Atlantic 31 to 14. How about Duke putting the whooping on Northwestern at home? Break up the Blue Devils, forty-one to seventeen. I thought Northwestern was supposed to be final? better this year. Well, they're one and one this year, and they're a team. They don't look very good. They are a team that you really just can never put your finger on. I yeah, mean, I mean, every t- it seems like every time you think that ah, Northwestern is not going to be that much this year, they seem to do better. Anytime you put expectations on them, then they, they falter. Lose to the Dukes and the Illinois States of the world. Uh, Maryland puts a whooping on Towson, sixty-three to seventeen. Indiana over Virginia, thirty-four to seventeen. Michigan State beats Western Michigan 28-14. to How about this? Eastern Michigan, according to ESPN, got paid $950,000 to go to Rutgers. And we all know those pay games, you go in and you're expected to lose. Eastern Michigan beats Rutgers today 16-13. to Rutgers now 0-2 on the season. And it's a new day in
3: Ypsilanti after the season they had last year. And uh, then they end up in a bowl game last year. I believe that's correct. And, and it's, the world is turned upside down when that happens.
4: What I'm calling the emphysema game with all the smoke out there. Oregon beats Nebraska <laughs> 42 to 35, and one Big Ten game in progress. Minnesota leads Oregon State 34 to 14. Start of the fourth quarter. We'll take a spin around the top 25 next update, Scott. All right, thanks.
3: We are off and running here on the Fasters et cetera post game show. Our producer engineer of all of our Alana Game Day, Evan Kahn. If you call in, you'll get a little hello from him. We'll come back with. One of our first defining moments of the game from Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, Brian Barnhart. will check in as well. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show.
2: You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357.
6: Well, first off, they have some talent. It's a talented group. We expected them to come in and play, but you have to do it. And as we talk about second game improvement, we wanted to see that from our defensive linemen. We started two true freshmen, of course, with uh, Bobby Roundtree and Isaiah Gay, and uh, Jamal Woods gave us some good time too.
3: And yeah, Levy Smith talking about his freshman today, especially his defensive freshman, who helped the Illini to a 20 to 7 victory. The Illini are 2 and 0. And, yeah, this Illini team didn't allow a touchdown, any points on the board until the fourth quarter. And I wouldn't go so far as to say the game was in hand, but the Illini were in control of the game all the way until that touchdown was scored. And then they put together another long drive following that. Didn't produce any points, but chewed up seven minutes off the clock and really put Western Kentucky on their heels. The man who saw it from the booth and called it, Brian Barnhart, has uh, stopped by. Because hey, why not? It's, yeah, uh, this is. You're is usually up. yet? You're usually up for another couple hours. <laughs> you just like to go to bed at two a. m
1: before you get up for the morning. Another shift, ten right? minutes, I'll have worked seven days this week. Kind of like, like you guys. <laughs> yep,
3: yep. Uh, don't tell my family that. <laughs> um, I, I said at the outset. I don't know if you caught it, but I, I was really impressed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, let's not. Hey, we're not crowning Illinois anything here yet, but just. For what this team is at this point, I was really impressed. I think we we're, we're getting more, especially on the defensive side of things, than we thought we would get.
1: Well, I think it's you mentioned the names Isaiah Gay, Roundtree. They're both playing very well. All those guys on the young guys on defense. Uh, one of the things Martin and I talked about. We had breakfast this morning, and one of the things we talked about was, you know, can Illinois get pressure up the middle? That'll be a key to make Mike White uncomfortable all night long, and that's what they did. He never. There was a couple of series. Tim was up there. He saw it. There was a couple of series where he settled in. Mm-hmm. You can see little f- little flashes of what they could do on offense, but they never really got in any kind of rhythm. Whatever the rushing yards were, uh, it wasn't. If it wasn't single digits, oh, six, it was, pretty, it was yeah, six, six. Yeah,
3: six rushing yards um, total. I mean, so, didn't I mean, think so that I,
1: they flustered him kind of all night long. Now, granted, Western Kentucky didn't have the weapons they had last year. They averaged forty-five points a game. They scored sixty points, fifty points here and there, but. Um, you know, they're, and they're learning a new system. But I think for this Illinois defense, as young as they are, the guys you're hearing from, the Isaiah Gays, Roundtrees, and Adams and so forth on down the list, it is impressive. And to me what was impressive is in the third quarter, when the game was still you know, within reach, 13 nothing. they marched down the field, chew up seven minutes, whatever it was, 84 yards, mm-hmm. ran the ball effectively, and they basically said, we're not giving this game back. And to me, the ball game was won right there.
3: Exactly. So. And the only time they got into the end zone was when they started at the Illinois 29 yard, yard line.
1: Yeah. I kept thinking the, and uh, as you're probably listening or watching or observing the game, when Illinois kept giving in the two field goals, you thought, ooh, I hope this doesn't, because all it would take is one touchdown for Western Kentucky and they'd be ahead. Then you got a different ball game. But give the defense some more credit because they held them down. Never really let them get in any kind of rhythm. Got the uh, a lot of people were not happy at the time. Uh, Some in the crowd were not pleased when the Illinois decided to punt late in the first half, and of course that eventually set up the interception by Julian Jones for the touchdown. So it put a lot of pressure. Yeah, and you know, played the percentages, and it it turned up big. Go figure.
3: Uh, Go figure. And Mm -hmm. uh, to the point, an 801 texture says, "Great to see the Illini be on the better side of one of the more lopsided errors." in vegas today and you know what i think the the line was set basically on what western kentucky was last Last year
1: and what illinois was last year
3: and they're two different teams and that's what how it is in college football Mm -hmm. especially in the first couple of weeks you just don't know
1: those guys are usually pretty good i mean you know you look at it and go wow how can they be thinking (laughs) that but in this case i don't think they really knew all the details as much as maybe you know, a lot of people did that follow these two teams based on what Western Kentucky did last week against Eastern Kentucky and then what Illinois is doing with uh, – what, what do we have? 53 players play in the first quarter? <laughs> first
4: quarter, 53 players, and 17 of them were true freshmen. True freshmen.
1: I mean, that's amazing.
3: Yeah. it's it's so, y- y- and,
1: and Epstein is fun to watch. He is. I can tell you that.
3: He has got a high motor. And yeah. kind of like Kendrick Foster last year, I think you pointed out, Moves forward. Everything right. is forward. Every Everything is forward. Well,
1: and I had the same feeling, you know, when I saw Dudek three years ago in camp. I didn't know much about him. I knew he was from, you know, Naperville. And Which, I, that can't be bad. And, yeah. But it was, that's where you're from? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he, uh, you know, I thought, who is that guy? Well, I had the same kind of feeling watching Epstein in camp. I thought, you know, who's 26? Who is that? Man, is he really, you know, shifty and fast? and just seemed to have really good vision, and so far, so good for him.
3: Same thing was said about me when I arrived here. <laughs> Who, is <that> <laughs> Who is that guy? Who is this kid is from it? Naperville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, well, I taught in the district that Mikey Dudek came out of. I taught in one of the theater right? schools into yeah. his high school. I never taught it's him. It's Valley, right? Yeah, Neuqua Valley. Was, yeah. I taught one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, that was yeah. a chapter a long, long time ago. Yeah.
1: But, but you saw a little bit, I think, tonight of, of what, how Coach Smith – wins games over the years it's you know running game solid running game good defense playing percentages for special teams to make a play getting takeaways
4: takeaways that's how they win Co- games. a couple of them tonight for illinois yeah yeah that's hi kind this of the is formula. dennis
3: reekin president of dick van dyke appliance world it's time for our defensive moment
4: of the game wow yeah. Since-
3: Since you're here, Brian, uh, you you get to participate in this, but uh, Tim, I'll have you go do the honors first here on our first defining moment of the game.
4: Well, I'll talk about uh, the opponent third downs tonight. Uh, Two for 12 was Western Kentucky, and if you go back to the end of the Ball State game, Ball State started out very well converting on third downs, and then Illinois stopped them on their final five third downs of the game. So if you combine the end of the Ball State game and the entire game tonight, Illinois has stopped opponents on 15 of their 17 last third down so I think that really just underscores what we've been talking about all show is that the defense has really uh stepped up here especially in week two what are you No, f-
1: that's for sure uh that that was a key stat I didn't realize it had gotten that good till you Tim gave me that stat during the course of the game uh and then I to me the defining moment was that whole third quarter drive I think that I pretty much settled the game
3: and I'll go with this uh, moment of it. Just is just vintage Lovey, and and what a great moment for Julian Jones.
1: Second and eleven from their own two for ball uh, for uh, Western Kentucky. Here is White. Play action, throwing out the back of the end zone. It oh! is picked off, picked off by Illinois Julian Jones, and he runs it in for an Illinois touchdown. <laughs> oh, they brought everything in there on the quarterback White picked off by Julian Jones the 10 yard return
3: Touchdown, down Illinois a
1: defensive takeaway
3: yeah that's just what the Illini needed right yeah, there it was perfect you, yeah you needed more than just your yeah. the the field goals they were getting but but here were the the through the first half the drive results for Western Kentucky punt punt out on downs yeah. punt 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 fumble and then the half
1: no, that's how you win. They did nothing. You win football games,
3: yeah. yeah. And the next two drives in the third quarter, punt and punt. And and, and Hardy Nickerson said, uh, when we take have three takeaways, we're, we're going to win the ball game ninety percent of the time. Yeah. They they had them today because they had the interception. They had uh, the, the uh, what was there a fumble? Fumble recovery. Yep. And yeah. and, and he fourth counts downs. He counts, he counts. fourth that's downs, right. which happened twice. The second one that's was right. was late in the ball game. Yeah. Uh if you got time for a yeah, call sure. right all right yeah. Steve is in Peoria but he's calling from Smoky Oregon
7: Yeah hey guys how you doing I'm out here celebrating Zoe's first birthday with my <laughs> son and daughter just uh left a rainy Minnesota Oregon state game but uh listened to the line. Night tonight on my uh uh, uh phone and uh, boy I was, I was a happy camper I had everybody sitting around me <laughs> cheering for the Lion Night tonight <laughs>
3: That's great. Uh, we, we're hoping we get more out of Kendrick Foster, your guy.
7: Hey, I, I, hey I, I'm, I'm sorry. Kendrick's going to get it going. But, hey, we got those two freshmen running backs going well. Those two freshman defensive ends who are going to be monsters. And uh, I, I like that he started those uh, two freshmen offensive linemen together. And the main thing is, you know, last week the coaches talked about, they you know, seeing improvement from first week to second week. And I think we we saw that tonight. Uh, and I'm going to watch the game when I get back to my kids' house and uh just just happy please God, good job tonight i wish i was there but i'm i'm happy i'm here
1: though mm. <laughs> i'll tell you this allow a lot of time to watch it because the second quarter took forever <laughs>
7: I'll, I'll, okay. I'll do that right okay. well, I'm, I'm gonna need some time to, to dry out because i'm soaking <laughs> wet <with.
3: laughs> all right thanks a lot steve thanks guys yeah. have a good night
7: he's from peoria
3: <laughs> all right our man steve loves peoria yeah. brian it's it's Sunday midnight. Yeah, we just hit Sunday. I made it, so you, you get to go home. Maybe okay. watch maybe watch Kevin Anderson tomorrow on the US Open. Yeah,
1: there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, get ready, and we'll see where we're playing next week.
3: We'll hear from you Monday morning. We don't know.
1: Yeah, where and when? Where and when? <laughs> what night?
3: Yeah, it it could yeah, be well, here. It I could hope, be somewhere. We day. got a
1: lot of players from Florida. You mentioned yeah. some of them already, and so I you know you guys talked to Mike Epstein. Yeah, at the beginning, you know, he's right.
3: Sitting, Man, my brother's down there, and I'm just thinking.
1: Wow. Yep. You know. Coach Smith has property down there, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of connections there, too. So let's hope everybody's okay through it, and then I guess they'll sort it out yeah. early next week.
3: Thanks, Brian. Okay, thank you. Brian Barnhart, voice of the Illini. see, fasteners, et cetera. Whoa. Our scoreboard bed blowing us out there, but we check what is going on with our Body and Soul scoreboard. Round number two, Body and Soul Sports. Route 45 and Curtis Road
4: in Savoy. We start at the Horseshoe today in Columbus.
1: Man in motion, Smallwood snap, hands to Smallwood, looking for the corner. He's in for the touchdown! Oh, H! Oh, no!
4: Love it. That's Toby Rowland from Learfield. Boomer Sooner in the top five matchup. Oklahoma gets the victory over Ohio State. 31 to 16 other scores from the top 25 today Alabama no problem with Fresno State 41 to 10. Clemson gets by Auburn in a top 15 matchup. Low scoring matchup, 14 to 6 is that final. Penn State over Pitt, 33 to 14. USC beats Stanford, 42 to 24. Washington over Montana. The Grizz of Montana, 63 to 7, no problem there. Michigan beats Cincinnati, 36 to 14. Wisconsin over Florida Atlantic, 31 to 14. Number 12, LSU, gets by Chattanooga with no problem, 45 to 10 is that final. Georgia. Just sneaks by Notre Dame, 22-19. The Bulldogs 2-0 on the season. Louisville over North Carolina, 47-35. Virginia Tech blanks Delaware, 27-0. Kansas State over Charlotte, 55-7. TCU beats Arkansas, 28-7. Tennessee over Indiana State, 42-7. If you were a Florida school, you pretty much didn't play this weekend. We were just talking about the hurricane a couple minutes ago. Florida State, their game canceled. Miami, their game canceled. South Florida, Illinois' next opponent, they canceled their game at UConn. And Florida canceled their home game against Northern Colorado.
3: Yeah, Florida Atlantic got theirs in, obviously, up here, Uh, up in Madison. Right? uh, Did Florida international play, but sort of the, the marquee. Exactly. No disrespect, the marquee Florida schools all canceled.
4: One top 25 game in progress. Boise State leads number 20, Washington State, 24 to 10. That is early on in the fourth quarter, Scott. Saturday has become Sunday, but we're going to keep rolling here with our Fasteners Etc. postgame
3: show on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS Champagne urbana David, we're coming to you next. If you want to join us, please do. PNC Bank phone line is 356-9397, Castle Heating Cooling text line 351-5357.
2: Yeah, didn't have very far to go. Uh, The other 10 guys did a a, a very good job uh, doing their job. So I had to just read my key and I I made the play and took it right in. My job there was, uh, there there was two backs away from me. So I became the plugger, which has got like the free man there. So I just read the quarterback's eyes. And whenever he throws the ball, I try to break and and make a play on the ball. And that's what happened on that play.
3: Julian Jones talking about his interception for a touchdown, a pick six with the Illini up 13-0 in the second quarter on their way to a 20-7 victory to move to 2-0, and and it's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show Late Night Edition, Sunday Morning Edition now. Welcome in. Thanks for staying up, everybody. On the phone lines, three five six nine three nine seven, the PNC Bank phone line, David in Tolono. Well, good morning, David.
8: Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I uh, First of all, congratulations to the players and, and to the coaches. Uh, I thought it was a tremendous victory, and I, I did see a lot of improvement from game one to game two. The, the only uh, – couple comments I wanted to make. One was um, I thought when Trey Watson went out uh, that potentially that's going to really hurt us in the second half. But to my surprise, I didn't see a whole lot of drop-off from the defense in the second half. And that's a credit to the players. That's a credit to the coaching staff when your leader and probably most experienced player on the defense is gone and and the one making all the calls and the checks that that i think is just speaks highly of of the coaching staff and and certainly of the players the other comments i'll make i i still don't like garrick mcgee uh I, we don't have any identity on offense uh he you know he doesn't scheme it very well uh and i think it's gonna it's gonna bite us uh, continually but eventually he'll be gone anyway but i am very proud of the. you think the he'll
4: players. be he'll be gone as in he won't be on the staff
8: that's exactly right. I, he, he, he does not have a game plan. This team has no offensive identity at all. Uh, he seems to struggle to design plays to, to meet uh, Chase's strengths. Uh, he's throwing deep out routes, and, and that's, of course, why he got picked off. He's not West Lunt with his arm, but his strengths are running and, and, and running an option, read options. That's Chase's strengths, uh, throwing screens and bubble routes and swing passes draw plays, that's what they should be running. Not these 20-yard out patterns like he's got some NFL arm. Chase has a lot better intangibles than uh, West Lunt in terms of leadership and things of that nature and with his legs and mobility. But 20-yard uh, out patterns, he stares down these receivers way too doggone long. That's why Bennett Williams looks so good in camp but uh, with all the interceptions. But be that as it is, I'm very proud of the players, clean up the penalties a little bit, uh, it, exceptional defensive line play tonight, boy. We got some good young players, so I'm gonna focus on the positives. But Garrick McGee needs a lot of help, and, and I tell you, he don't have to come to me. He can just look at Iowa's offensive coordinators. They know how to use their tight ends. And, That's uh, true. You know, really good ball players. Uh, really, really good ball players, and I'm, I'm very excited uh, for the defensive line. Congratulations to the team, and um, hopefully, my personal opinion. I hope next week's game is canceled. That they got two weeks to prepare for Nebraska, <laughs> and if Irma takes care of that, that'll be fine with me.
3: And hopefully, it means no uh, no loss of life or significant injury. All right. Th- hey, thanks, David. Appreciate it.
8: Take it easy, brother.
3: All right. We're on to Brad in Decatur. Brad, you're up. Uh,
5: hey, yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted to add to uh, actually like how Chase Crouch played. Can of see your guys' take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought, I just thought. I mean, if in a triple covers, just trying to hit that today. And that was kind of pointless, in my opinion. Then there was a couple times when I was intercepted, but he was out of bounds. There's a guy wide open the other side of the field. Um, So I just think he's got tunnel vision out there. He's got skills, like uh, the other caller was saying. Um, But I still think he needs to step up and uh, just make some better throws as a Big Ten quarterback.
3: I am in agreement with you, and where I disagree maybe with David is I think the the jury needs to be out on Garrick McGee in, in terms of play calling because I think he just doesn't have a, a great throwing quarterback in, in Chase Crouch. Now, the issue is if you just sort of limit your playbook that way, then you can game plan for that. You have to still go for it, and I think when he made those throws today, he could have gotten a lot worse trouble early in the ballgame. I 100% agree and that. There's one play in particular I think everybody saw where what are you trying to do I know Dudek's a good (laughs) receiver but if you nearly got picked off and it would have been a big problem the one where he was intercepted that was just a bad throw there wasn't enough on it and I saw those throws last week against Ball State and I thought said to myself he's going to get intercepted if he keeps throwing those when the Alliance play against a better defense and better players who are faster and quicker because they're just he's tele he's telegraphing telegraphing do we 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 don't do that anymore. He's he's texting <laughs> his DMing. He's d- DMing. He's Snapchatting his passes for the defensive backs, and it's just there for the taking. sometime. but you got to make those throws. You got to try and make some of it to. To get to keep the passing game, to keep the defense honest, don't you?
4: Well, Garrick McGee uh, and Brad, thanks for the phone call. Uh, he did say before this game that the Illini were going to throw down the field more in Week Two as opposed to Week One. Now, um, you know, obviously, you want to do that under the assumption that you can have successful throws. Uh, And I think I I agree with Brad and David that there was a little bit uh, left to be desired tonight. Just looking at Chase's numbers, you know, 14 of 25, you mentioned the one pick. He went for 107 yards, uh, had a long of 20, and he was sacked once. You know, I would call those average to maybe slightly above average numbers, Um you know whether Chase has uh, a ceiling to improve or he's hit a ceiling. I don't know. Um, and then as far as Garrick McGee goes, I mean, we knew coming in that he, you know, managed that high-powered offense at Louisville with Lamar Jackson, and kind of the question was how is it going to translate to Illinois? How much are they going to use the tight end, which I want to talk a little bit about later uh, in this program. Uh, but I agree with you, Scott. I, I think um, I think the the verdict is still out on that. I, I you know I don't see him leaving anytime soon. I think Lovey Smith likes his staff but uh, as far as whether to you know throw garrick mcgee under the bus i'm not quite there yet
3: no i think and garrick mcgee was honest and forthright this past week that chase didn't make good reads and didn't see open guys in week one and i think there will be a lot of he played better he played better today but i think it's pretty obvious that chase crouch just doesn't have that great of an arm you right. still have to use that arm, though, is my point. You still have to use it. And I would say let's give Garrick McGee a larger body of work before we make uh, a blanket uh, a statement about him.
4: I mean, keep, keep in mind as well that I think if things had fallen into place, we'd be talking about Dwayne Lawson right now, but we're not. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Chase Crouch is the quarterback, and Chase is our quarterback, yeah. and we're just going to have to live with it for now. We go back to the phones our late night Fasteners, etc post game
3: show Bruce in Houston and and Bruce before we get to the game I I assume you are safe and sound.
6: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so so yeah, we're we're high and dry down here guys. Oh, that's so the... uh yeah, don't don't worry about us. But um you know one one thing I wanted to say is that great win tonight. Uh first of all, uh, it's fantastic. You know, we weren't uh, we weren't picked to win. But you know we we shouldn't lose to a team like Western Kentucky, and you know when you see guys, and I'm I'm going to call out Scott Ritchie and you know some of the guys that out there that that picked uh, Western Kentucky. We, you know, this is a team we shouldn't lose to, and as Illini fans, uh, we we expect better. And tonight, this is exactly what we want. We're moving forward, and it's a uh, it's a good night. You know when you look at uh, you know some of the the other teams struggling: Ohio State, Northwestern. You know, when you look at the, the Big Ten, you know there are teams out there that are uh, struggling a bit, and we're moving up. Everybody, you know, doubts the I, We're we're taking a step forward. Everybody else is having having struggles. And guess what? In three years, you're going to be surprised where we're going to be. I think the uh, the de- defense stepped up big time. Uh, Bobby Roundtree is uh, he's a stud. Uh, watch watch for him in the coming years. I think the um the Eckert injury is going to be bad for us. I'm not uh not happy about that one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... And 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 honestly, the um the kind of the last point I'm going to make is that the uh the whole war chant thing. I paid attention to it tonight. I didn't didn't so much last week. But uh there was nothing. You know, when you when you look at third down, you know, they played the uh you know, Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back theme or whatever, you know, that's, that's interesting, you know, but it's not something that belongs to Illinois. And I'm, I'm a fan that uh, for 30, 40 years has been, uh, you know, a huge, huge Illini fan, you know, believing in the chief. And, and, you know, the war chant is a huge piece of that. To take that away and not replace it with anything else is, is a shame. So I'm not. I'm not happy about that. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not sure if Josh Whitman is going to listen to this, but uh, I'm. Uh, I'm unhappy about that.
3: Well, the last you, thing, I'm sure he has heard many that have expressed a similar sentiment. So you can at least uh, take that home.
6: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, so look. The last thing is, uh, you know, I'm. I'm going to go to the Texans game tomorrow, and uh, we have five uh, Illini or ex-alumni oh, that are on mm-hmm. the game, Whitney and, Merciless. Uh, Whitney Merciless, I've got his jersey, and I'm going to be wearing that tomorrow with pride and uh, go Illini. Fantastic win! We're two and zero. Nobody expected that, so let's go.
3: Thanks, I Bruce. you guys. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you listening too, and glad glad you are high and dry, as you say. Uh, I had had uh, friends and family that got caught up in that hurricane in a real bad way. So uh, glad that things are good for you. Um, he, he, Bruce mentioned three years. I think people are going to be happy. I. I think the key for being good in three years is going to be next year's recruiting class, but Mm -hmm. there is obviously good things here to build on. And I think, you know, whatever you get out of this year is gravy, but watch out because I think next year Illinois will start to be competitive in the Big Ten.
4: Absolutely. I, I I, I don't think a bowl is in the cards this year, but I would certainly expect six wins next year. And then if things keep on the trajectory that they are, I, I would agree with Bruce that uh, two, three years down the road, maybe may even been quicker than three years. I, you know, I would expect this Illinois team to maybe not be competing for a Big Ten championship with the Big Dogs, but to be competitive in all their games. And, you know, that's not something we've been able to say about Illini football for a long time, I think. You know, I've been following this program ever since I was a little kid. I'm 27 years old. Um, in the off season, when you got into the fall and it was ready, it was just kind of like, oh, it's another Illini football season. Now it's like, oh. It's another Illini football season. You know, let's let's see what they're going to put out there.
3: You know, to his point about the, the predictors that didn't have the Illini, I don't think anybody's trying to just be automatically negative. It's just you don't know what you're going to get out of this Illinois football team, and you only have so little to go on. I would say the informal poll around the media, you know, including myself, was Illinois might win this game, but— right. I didn't expect this kind of control over Western Kentucky. I don't think anybody expected it. So we all know what predictions are worth. They're useless, obviously, but (laughs) but they're fun and they're helpful. And I guess if you are into wagering on sorts of things, I guess you get more interested in what the predictions and the odds are, but otherwise they're useless. And uh, so they're just kind of a fun thing to do, but you know what? I'm fine. If Illinois, um, dashes or upsets expectations sure. all season long. All right, Kevin is in Champagne. Hey, Kevin.
5: Hey, how you, guys? how you guys doing?
3: We're doing well. How are you doing on this Sunday morning?
5: Uh, give me a one, two, three. Who am I talking to? Tim Dittman?
4: Uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Tim.
5: Okay, Tim, you've been following Illinois since you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So have I. I'm 65.
4: You got a few years on me.
5: All right. So what I want to do is first give a big shout-out for Dyke Edelman's grandson's tailgate. Go Wilson. Oh. Uh, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about the war chant, we played that so many times today and tonight. And, you know, for Bruce and the war chant, You know, if you were up here, you would have heard the war chant all day and all night. Uh, As far as what everybody is, you know, the the Sunday morning quarterbacks. (laughs) Uh, You know, did anybody listen to sports talk this morning?
3: Uh, I I did not. Say what again, Jay Kevin.
5: Say, what did Jay Lehman say about Chase Crouch and the fact that, you know, going into this year that he started one and a half games, that, that he wasn't seeing the field, he was seeing the line. And that specifically speaks to David who called. I mean, David has obviously been playing too much PlayStation, Madden 99, and he may know everything. But oh my gosh, you know, don't tell me, don't tell me you're going to throw Derek McGee under the under the bus. You know what did he do at Louisville and who did he coach when he had quarterbacks and he had the system? Yeah,
4: you, you I mean, you're ridiculous. not wrong. He had better talent there.
5: That's ridiculous. I mean, come on, Illini Nation, and and you know. When you talk about the media and the predictions, right, Scott? I mean, that's all it is. How many times has the media predicted, you know, Hurricane Irma over the last 10 days? And how many times did they have to change their predictions? But the point I'm getting at is that it's ridiculous to even, you know, somebody like David to call out, Professional coaches. I mean, look at what Lovey. I mean, I was in training camp. You know, we all watched training camp, and we watched what the Hardy Nickersons and the McGees and even Crazy Luke Buckley. You know, he's got. You know, he's got the biggest thing that he's got to overcome with the offensive line. But oh my gosh, you know, the Tampa two. And and I will say that I did see this coming. And in and, and my circles and stuff, on John Street, you know, with my kids that I've raised all I fans, we all predicted that we were going to smash them. And it's only one game, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, come on, guys. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. I made, like, three bets already on friends and stuff. On I mean, it was almost like It was almost like this whole town. And I even had my best friends that I watched football over 50 years after the Ball State game say, we're not going to win another game. I mean, you know, people were jumping out of the windows, and I wish that David would. (laughs) I hope it's only one story. (laughs) All right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. These guys. I
3: I think we get your point, too, here,
5: Kevin. Have we ever have we ever had this much experience in assistant coaches and stuff and how will related to what I saw on Big Ten Network when they were talking about how quick Penn State came back and the offensive coordinator that was like uh, Moorhead and stuff that was a head coach and, and how quick that, that, that the head coach of Penn State delegate and he supported himself with a lot of experienced coaches and how they turn it around Ke- and- Kevin let
3: me jump in because because I think you've made your point here and I think we we are in general agreement with you that uh, Garrick McGee should not be under that kind of scrutiny right now I think you, you know you, you we can look at it down the road three four years and see a body of work and you could talk about what his strengths and weaknesses might be as an offensive coordinator but we got to see more things in place for him. Uh, enough tools for him to really establish something and get a system in place more than just what he's had in a season and two games to make some big evaluative statements about him. I'm not trying to give a coach a free pass here. I'm just saying we, we, we we can't do that either. I'm in agreement with you, Kevin, on that, so appreciate it.
4: Kevin, enjoy your weekend. I hope you designated a driver.
3: Hi, this is Dennis Rieken, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our offensive moment of the game. Wow. All right. Uh, I uh, Tim, I loved the start of the second half, which the Atlanta did what we heard, speaking of Garrick McGee, say he wanted to do in the first half this week, which was play fast and establish themselves. Well, the Atlanta in their first drive of the game went three and out. Second drive of the game... Uh, had a seven-play drive and got a 37-yard field goal out of it. But the the offense really didn't start to show up until the second half with the big, long drive, and it was all capped off by
1: uh, Chase Crouch. Fifteen play of this drive coming up third and five, Illinois from the nine of Western Kentucky. Back to pass, Crouch, now he's going to run and he's got room. Dives for the goal line, and he's in for the touchdown! bounced into the south end zone touchdown
3: Illinois good line there Brian um it's like he does that for a living
4: <laughs> did you did you hold your breath when he jumped I did I, I was did. like
3: oh my gosh this is gonna be a problem
4: I yeah you know, I had flashbacks of uh Nathan Shielhouse doing that uh, several years ago and you know it was the whole debate of you know we got to tell Nathan to slide more and then his dad Nate Nate Sr. came out and said, oh, you can tell him that all you want, but he's not going to slide. And now the coaches have said, yeah, we got to get Chase Crouch to slide more, and look what we did tonight. But, hey, he came out unscathed. He scored the touchdown, so what am I to complain? Extra point was
3: good. It made it Illinois up 20, uh, 20 to nothing, I beg your pardon and uh, Illinois goes on to win 20 to 7. Yeah, you have a, uh, anything else there on an offensive moment of the game? You know, I would
4: add on to that. I would I would echo what I said at the beginning talking about Chase Crouch and uh, Epstein I uh, thought looked more comfortable tonight in week 2 than they did in week 1. Uh, quickly, just want to talk about the tight end situation. Obviously, with Nate Eckerd uh, and and what we heard from Lovey post game in typical Lovey form, and that's not a knock on Lovey. This is just how he talks. Correct me, I'm wrong, Scott. I think the verbiage was he's not coming back. Yeah, he didn't attach a timeline to that. Exactly. He
3: just said, you know, so your thought. Uh, it sounded. I am inferring that Nate Eckerd is out for the season. Although Lovey didn't explicitly say that, he just said Nate Eckerd is not coming back. He has a serious knee injury.
4: So looking big picture, and this has been a topic that I've harped on for years on these postgame shows, Illinois' use of the tight end. And Garrick McGee said it last year, and he said it before this game, we're going to use the tight end more. Well, I went back and pulled the numbers in 2015, which would have been under Bill Q, but the tight ends got 18 touches for 108 yards. Last year, which was year one under Lovey and Garrick McGee, 19 touches for 177 yards. Through two games this year, four touches for 33 yards, which would put them on pace for roughly 24 touches for 198 yards. So you are seeing baby steps, incremental increases there. Um, you know, Obviously, Nate Eckert is your is your big bruiser there. So if, if he's out for the season, that's certainly going to be a big blow to the tight end production. Lewis Dorsey had uh, one catch for 20 yards today. So if Gareth McGee is true to his word, Mr. Dorsey, you're the next man up. We are in the midst of the late-night edition of Fasteners Etc. game Show.
2: When we come back, our keys to the game on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Fourth and four, Western Kentucky from the Illinois
1: twenty six. Here's the snap back to White. Time to throw. Hit his receiver down near the 24-yard line, but he's shy of the first down. Lucky Jackson with a catch, but he needed the 22. Didn't get it. And he did not get it. No, Marty Hayes, number 27 in coverage right there.
0: The Illini doing a great job.
5: Field.
3: For media. Illinois with a fourth and out to stop there in the ball game. It was interesting. Western Kentucky did not want to try a what would have been a 43-yard field goal at that point. It was into the win, but that told me I don't think they had a lot of confidence in their kicker, and at that point, I thought, if this game gets close, note that, that they didn't want to try the field goal.
4: Yeah, their uh, kicker, uh, he's actually listed second on the depth chart, but I think he was the kicker we saw tonight, Ryan Nuss. Uh, His career long was 44, and he actually hit that last week uh in uh eastern I played eastern Kentucky in that's week right, one. Yeah. Um and, and that's uh, he's a redshirt junior, but that's basically all the field goal kicking experience that he had. So without knowing what was in the mind of uh Coach Sanford, uh you you may be on the money there, Scott, that that, that they just didn't have a whole lot of confidence in their kicker.
3: Time for our keys to the game in this 20-7 to 7 win for Illinois. Brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested. Our keys to the game also brought to you by the Pella Windows Store. Tim, you want to do the honors?
4: Yeah, just a couple of things on my notepad here that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, obviously the penalties. Absolutely brutal on both sides. Uh, Western Kentucky, 11 penalties for 100 yards. Illinois, 9 penalties for 95 yards. They were fairly good last week. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they played pretty disciplined in Week 1, took a step back in Week 2, and certainly uh, I think Lovey will address that uh, in the uh, week to come here. And then uh, a couple more bad snaps tonight between Nick Allegretti and Chase Crouch, and we saw that in Week 1, and if you tune into week one, you know, obviously Doug Kramer out, Nick Allegretti had to shift to, to center. So a bit of a learning curve there between those two and, you know, still a little bit left to be desired, but all in all, I thought, you know, they did pretty well, but just a couple things that stood out to me that uh, both in week one and in week two with Allegretti uh, at center, there has been a couple of miscues there. So just another thing uh, I think that needs to be cleaned up before the next game.
3: You brought this up earlier, but uh, I think everybody was looking at the defense making stops on third down. They, did that uh, uh, to the nines tonight. Just two of twelve was Western Kentucky on third down opportunities. Western Kentucky only got into the red zone twice, only converted once there. So those numbers proved to be the difference in this ball game. And then the takeaway battle, which Illinois won again for the second straight day, uh, second straight game that is. They uh, they turn it over on downs twice. Did Western Kentucky and Illinois recovers a fumble and of course the big pick six. So Illinois wins in two out of three phases for sure. Uh, The offensive, Illinois was uh, much better on the ground, obviously, gaining nearly 200 yards on the ground. But uh, the passing game wasn't really too much tonight for Illinois. But... Illinois overall outgained Western Kentucky 300 to 244 but I would say it didn't feel like Illinois was owning it on the western on the offensive side of things I'd agree but they they definitely owned it defensively and they owned it in special teams too
4: and they did just enough to get the job done and get the victory and that's all that you'll remember as the days go by you won't remember specific plays you'll remember Illinois is 2 and0
3: The Keys to the Game, brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com and brought to you by Hickory Point Bank.
1: He'll put it down at to 27. 37-yard attempt, right hash. Nice crosswind. McLaughlin booms it, and it is good. And Illini jump on the board first, take advantage of a bad punt of 10 yards, cash it in for three. You'd like to have seven, but we'll take the three with 8.45 left here in the first quarter as nightfall has arrived here in, in Champlain. McLaughlin is in to kick the field goal. This will be a 20-yard field goal basically a chip shot like an extra point three of three career from this distance to make it six nothing and the snap back and the kick on the way at the north end and it is up and it is good so the Illini were a yard away from hitting settle.
3: pair of field goals for Chase McLaughlin early in the ball game both coming in the first quarter put Illinois up three and then six to nothing Illinois would have liked to get the touchdowns and just have him kick the extra points, but Chase McLaughlin doing it with his leg, and that leads us to this. Hi, this is Dennis Rekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our special teams moment of the game. Wow. All right, Tim, uh, we just heard Chase McLaughlin. And what he contributed tonight.
4: Yeah, I'll give it to Chase on special teams. Uh, You know, a couple of field goals tonight. He's now three for four on the season, 15 for 21 in his career. I think he's turned into a pretty reliable kicker uh, for the fighting Illini. I I think you know what you're getting from him night in, night out, both with field goals and also with kickoffs, uh, he was kicking into a crosswind today. It wasn't terrible, you know, nine mile an hour cro- crosswind out of the east, uh, but he boomed a couple into the back of the end zone, so he did uh, great there tonight. Also, shout out to Blake Hayes. He started off shaky, had a couple of good punts toward the end there, pinning Western Kentucky deep on their own end. And uh, Chase McLaughlin, uh, to my knowledge, has not missed an extra point in his career as an Illini either. So, again, I think dependable is the word. I think uh, we didn't know a whole lot about him uh, coming in, uh, but I think he. He's turned out to be a pretty good ball player for the Illini. Even though Mikey
3: Dudek didn't have much to speak of in returning any punts today. I don't even, did he even have any re- punts, punt returns? Because um, I think he had a lot of fair catches or balls were down. I'm going to give him the defining moment on special teams because Western Kentucky was clearly afraid to kick toward him mm-hmm. early in the ballgame. And the result was for some really bad punts early in the ballgame, which yielded really good field position for Illinois, which turned into... Points.
4: Dudek had that one fair catch Yes. and that was his only time uh, they kicked to him it was the only time he caught a punt yeah and he didn't and that's the one he dropped and then covered he muffed uh, it, yes and then he, yeah they... he called for the fair catch muffed it and then he fell on
3: it right yeah. so it's sort of the, the the roundabout way of saying Western Kentucky didn't punt very well today and that was uh, an advantage for Illinois our defining moment of the game from Dick Van Dyke, special teams version. Back with our final scoreboard and any other final thoughts you have on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show.
6: So they did a great job. And, you know, uh, when you lose your Mike linebacker when Trey Watson went down, took an awful lot, but guys just kept stepping up.
2: So I feel like a lot of those guys were ready to step up when their time is called. You see Mike Epstein is doing his thing on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we got Tony Adams, Nate Hobbs, all those D linemen. Bobby Roundtree, Isaiah Gay on the D line. Vader Williams in the secondary. Uh, I feel like their, their mental aspect has, has far exceeded my expectations.
3: Head coach Levy Smith, followed by Julian Jones for the line from the linebacker, uh, Illinois linebacker, and it is 12:40. So, forgive my tongue at this point of the night. <laughs>
4: Hey, if you're up with us, you're a diehard. We appreciate it. Uh,
3: they're talking about how freshmen have uh, stepped up. Illinois had six freshman starters tonight. Did I read that right there, Tim? I, uh, seven true freshman starters that are the most in program history. They were. Um, I I lost it. I don't know, but there were seven of them. There you go. Nate Hobbs, Bobby Roundtree, Isaiah Gay, Mike Epstein, Lewis Dorsey, Alice Palczewski, and... Larry Boyd. Were they cheering chanting Larry Boyd's name at the end? I believe they were. The student section were going Larry, Larry. They really they're Larry may be the the new the guy that fan uh, favorite. Yeah, there you go. It's now twelve forty one so Illinois wins this one tonight, twenty to seven. Also saw this note from uh, the UVI uh, Sports Information Department: Western Kentucky held under ten points for the first time since losing thirty-five nothing at Alabama back in two thousand and twelve. An impressive performance by the Illini defense. All right, a final check of our Body and Soul scoreboard:
4: Route forty-five and Curtis Road in Savoy. Tim Dippen. A potpourri of scores on this final update. The game that our buddy Steve was at has gone final. Minnesota beats Oregon State 48-14. Tight one and a possible top 25 upset in the making as Boise State leads Washington State 31-24 less than four minutes to go in that ball game. Washington State has the ball? We'll keep you posted if that one goes final before we go off the air. NIU beats EIU today on the gridiron, 38 to 10. EIU uh, one and one. On the season, fighting Illini Volleyball drops a heartbreaker today to Colorado over at Huff Hall. 0-2 on the weekend, of course, lost to the defending national champs in Stanford last night, but both matches were very close. Major League Baseball today, Brewers beat the Cubs 70. Well, I'm looking at the records, not the score. It is 1242 a.m. 15-2 to was that final. Mike Montgomery takes the loss. 70 would be a record. That probably. would be. Uh, let's see what else here. White Sox winners over the Giants. and the Cardinals beat the Pirates 4-3. As we like to do on this final update, give you a look ahead on our sports programming here on DWS and HMS. We've got the Lovey Smith Show coming up 7 p.m. on Monday on both of these fine stations. Friday the 15th, Fighting Illini Volleyball taking on Chattanooga. That'll be a FightingIllini.com game. Of course, that is contingent on what Illini football does Uh, we are scheduled to take the air for football pregame Friday night at 4.30, kickoff versus South Florida at 6. That's, of course, contingent on if they still play that game in that time slot, they could move it to a different day or time. It could be a different location, could be in Tampa, could be here, could be at a neutral site, we just don't know. And then on Saturday, a week from today, volleyball doubleheader on the AM side, DWS, Tennessee State at 9.30 a.m., Missouri State at 1.30 p.m.
3: Here's my guess. They'll make an official announcement about it on Monday, but we might learn ahead of time. Uh,
4: I was told tomorrow. I was told it could come out as early as tomorrow. Um, the ADs are expected to uh, talk. They already talked once this weekend. They're expected to talk again if they haven't already. The long and short of it is Illinois has made the offer to play here. It's up to USF to basically, you know, the ball's in their court because it is their home game. A lot of considerations to take into effect. You know, hurricane is number one. You got to make sure all that's squared away and, you know, everyone's safe. But then travel and staffing and ticketing and television is the big animal in the room as well. You know, it's a Friday night primetime game. And does TV want to move that? So a lot of moving parts. We'll see. When we know,
3: you will know as well. All right. I'll wrap up our Illini game day coverage with the Fasters, et cetera, postgame show. Many thanks to everybody who lent a hand today. And Evan been our producer engineer, all day long. A fine job from him. Chief engineer is head bond. General manager is Mike Hale. Tim Dittman, thanks so much for staying up late. Fun time. We'll do it again. Happy Sunday. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime, probably next weekend. We'll find out. Have a good night. Thanks so much for the listeners, for the callers and the texters. Most of all, the listeners. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you again soon. Have a good night, everybody.
1: been in a glass case of emotion, Brian. I can't, I can't handle it. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette media stations.